Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European energy markets by my colleague, Dr. Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. Now, Petra, we talk about all the various commodities in, in these podcasts, uh, not just the costs of fuel and power, but also carbon. And I gather carbon has been hitting near record prices in the European market recently. It has been strongly supported over past few days. We were expecting carbon price to hit 100 euros per ton already. This and yesterday's session basically brought a little bit of the softness. So currently carbon prices are hovering around 97 euros per ton. Given the previous moves and the speed at which we saw carbon prices rallying, it would potentially be a question of day or two for us to be able to see carbon prices reaching this new very strong level. At the moment, we would believe that the main reason for the increase is, of course, the the demand from investors. Fundamentally, the wind generation and the renewable generation in general, it's quite strong. Gas is not running away, but still we are burning more coal as the coal for power generation is still more profitable than the gas for power generation, which is prompting higher demand for carbon EUA certificates. Indeed, and I suppose it's a byproduct of the very difficult situation in the gas markets that the incentive for burning coal is so high, even with these uh, very high carbon prices, which are partly as a result of that. In a sense, it shouldn't be surprising we've got high carbon prices. It's something everyone expected on the back of a COP26. And yet at the same time, European governments are very concerned about the impact of um, high energy prices on consumers, not just domestic consumers, but business users too, aren't they? And so there must be a bit of a dilemma. Do you think there's a danger at some stage that you know there will be an intervention to try and cap carbon prices or, or are we some way away from that at the moment? Looking at the data and looking especially at spark and dark spread, we do see that that's likely to go negative at some point in summer 23, where there is an expectation that gas prices would potentially return to more reasonable ranges. Until then, the demand for coal will be higher and some sources were mentioning carbon would need to reach 200 euros per tonne to make gas for power generation profitable at the moment. So if that happened, we would, of course, see a substantial increase in power, which would call for an intervention. Let's not forget that 100 euros in carbon would mean another 50 euros in power price in most of countries. I do believe this is a little bit an extreme situation, but based on how much coal we are uh, burning and how profitable it is, it's not something that we cannot rule out, unfortunately. Indeed. Well, let's hope we don't find ourselves in that situation. There's enough problems in the markets and indeed with with energy and climate policy in Europe uh, as it is. And, you know, turning now to power generation, uh, the sector most affected by carbon pricing, in in addition to to the consumers, of course. What is the situation? There's been uh, issues with availability of, of nuclear in France, but some better news, I think, recently on availability of wind in Europe. Is that right? Yes, so uh, we're still waiting on further information on the state of some of the French uh, nuclear reactors. Based on that, France has already announced that it's likely that this year's and maybe even next year's output would be lower, that provided some support for European power prices. In terms of the wind generation, comparing to Q1 this year, we are stronger. 
So that is capping some of these near-term prices and spot prices to a certain extent. So if we were to speak around what was the original worst-case scenario that we were looking at for this Q1, if we didn't get LNG, if it was very cold and if it was not windy, there were some expectations that those January and February prices in some days could be hitting up to 500 euros per megawatt hour. This is not materializing because the bearish fundamentals have worked better for us, but still we see wind quite strong and it's helping especially for spot pricing. Well, let's hope that continues. And of course, you know, with each passing week or month, the average weather temperature and so on should improve a little bit as we come out of winter and and the solar running hours should go up and that should help a little bit too. So, uh, you know, it feels like we're rolling the dice every day almost in terms of the risks, but perhaps those risks are going down a little bit. But of course, things are slightly different in the gas market, aren't they? Particularly the political risk associated with Russian gas and the situation in Ukraine. So how would you summarize the current situation? Extremely hard to predict what's going to happen. Fundamentally, Europe seems to be supplied quite reasonably. Of course, we understand that there are, of course, there is a big push from the US to continue delivering LNG into Europe, although there has been already some parties in the US sort of questioning why gas is being so strongly exported if it actually could help prices in the US. So there were already a few question marks raised. And actually, the, around the last statements that President Biden made around Nord Stream 2 being cancelled, if there has been an invasion from Russia into Ukraine, the countersign comment from German Chancellor was not so enthusiastic. So they, of course, are aware of the situation and keen on, you know, stabilizing the geopolitics. But we do understand that Germans will be heavily depending on Nord Stream gas from this summer on. So we've not seen yet any evasion. We've see, not seen yet any troops on the on the Ukrainian soil. So at the moment, it's, it's still it's still a speculation. Well, again, let, let's hope that the news over the weeks and months ahead is positive on that front. It's a very difficult situation. On the more positive side, though, as you say, LNG is flowing in quite considerable quantities into Europe, isn't it? Um, in particular from America, where, of course, wholesale prices are much lower than they are in Europe. Cargoes that might otherwise have gone to Asia, uh, presumably it's at high Asian demand that's still helping to keep prices up so high in the international market. But the cargoes are coming here if we're prepared to pay for them, aren't they? They are indeed. So US remains to be one of the biggest exporters into Europe at the moment. But we did have few, I would say maybe odd cargoes landing in Europe. So there was a Chinese cargo, which was a result of a recent surplus that has been directed from Asia into Europe. And very recently there has been one announced coming from Japan. So. If we were to compare to last year, last year there has been a huge spike in Asian prices because Asian buyers and consumers were not prepared enough, so their inventories weren't full enough. This year was the other situation. They prepared themselves well. We saw the strong Asian demand, well, basically since April last year, and it was ongoing. And this year we see milder weather in Asia too, which is prompting some surplus, which is likely to to land in Europe because of the low gas storage that we are, we, that we will have to deal with in a few months' time. 
Actually, that's a very good point because, you know, we went into this winter with quite low storage levels in Europe um, and there were a number of reasons for that. And the fact that the gas prices were so high over the summer hardly provided a commercial interest to uh, to get gas into storage at a time when normally it would be advantageous to do so. Uh, and of course, then there were parallel issues about availability of gas from Russia. So, you know, our storage levels, we knew they were going to be pretty depleted by this time. Are they, you know, in, in worrying territory or, or perhaps? Perhaps things not quite as bad as some may have feared. As we've entered January, we were at, I think, near historical lows, if not at historical lows. And again, as I said, if Q1 work turned to be very bad in terms of weather, LNG and, and other bullish factors, which it didn't in the end, we would be in a very bad situation, most probably. But the situation was different. Weather was in our favor. LNG continued to come and demand actually neither from industrials wasn't as strong. So we've, we've seen a decrease, which is normal for this time of the year in the gas storage. But the level of depletion is actually sort of leveling off. And the expectation is that it would continue leveling off into March and into April as we really see the temperatures hovering, if not only around, but also above seasonal norms. So there is an expectation that the level we would reach before summer would be around last year's levels, if not better. And it would be already better than sort of those 2017 and 2018 lows that we saw during the summer. And we know that we've managed still to fill in the gas storage in those previous years and deal with the forthcoming winters. Well, there should be some reassurance in that, I guess. And lastly, you know, are there any particular indicators we should be keeping our eyes on in the weeks ahead? I mean, you've mentioned storage levels, could be availability of wind, it could be the, uh, uh, you know, the continued flow of LNG into Europe. Is, is there something we should be keeping our, our eyes on to indicate whether we're you know, over the worst of this and um, likely to get through into the spring in more benign conditions, would you say? Mm -hmm. Various sources are pointing to the fact that LNG, apart from geopolitics and Nord Stream 2, is highly connected to geopolitics. So, you know, to a certain extent, you need to discount it because it's 50-50. But it looks like that apart from that, LNG will be key this summer. So I would really continue looking at LNG. If customers want to take some uh, security before summer and before that Q3 and Q4, which could turn really ugly, but it also could turn really nice based on what's going to happen with uh, Nord Stream 2, I would just continue the market and really look at technicals. The uh, market has been trading quite technically, especially the, the front quarters on uh, gas. Right. Well, I'm sure that's a, a good piece of advice on which to conclude. You know, the risk hasn't gone away. And although, uh, you know, next winter may not be as bad as the one we've been through, uh, who knows what could happen between then and now, even even indeed in, in the weeks ahead. So thank you, Petra, for explaining all that. I hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK and have a look at the reports there. And do keep an ear out for another podcast again from us soon. 